of our agents has increased slightly, if you can imagine it. If you would like to receive a callback, please press 1 and the next available agent will return your call. Otherwise, remain on the line and your call will be answered in the order it was received. Every one of you is busy as a bee, huh? How fitting, since bees are themed today. I've been busy peeking out the front door. Just a hallway gives me the heebie-jeebies nonetheless. So, back into the waiting room I go. Hi, stubby lamp. Hello, wood-aspiring walls. Good day, chartreuse sofa, shag carpeting with lustrous taft, and magazines. Oh, and howdy-doody, retro game girl-looking sign-in tablet. My blood, you're still recording? This seems like a truly dangerous design. Hope you didn't listen to the blank space between now and the last time. Time flies, as do I. I hover as a bee does, in the downside up, that is. I'm nearly all-seeing. Yet, my mission is somehow outside my will. It's hitched to a greater purpose. Not so much a hive mind. I don't feel part of a swarm, but there's a honeybee in all of us, I suspect. Are you a worker? A drone? A queen? It's quite the crapshoot. I thought I was a queen till they tossed me out like a drone in winter. There's a bee in here, too. I tried to let it out, but the windows don't open. It's hot by the window and the bee looks tuckered out. You don't want to bug a bee. Get stung? I'm allergic. It's a tough way to go. Swelling up, anaphylactic shock, and no, I don't trust. Megacorp has rendered me digitally immortal. If something went wrong, I might get kicked off this call. However, I figure there must be a way to usher the bee to safety. Perhaps we can help it rejoin its colony. Ah! Ah! Who did that? Who's there? If you throw something at my hair again, you'll get a taste of this tightly rolled September 92 issue of Schmeeple Magazine. Off my case, urinal face. Urinal face. I came to help you with the bumblebee, but I ain't negotiating with no terrorist. Look, I don't know who or where you are, but did you or did you not throw something at my hair? I just grazed it. It's not my fault you've got a big head. I may be big-headed and a lot of other things, but I'm no terrorist. Now reveal yourself so we can talk this out man to man. Drop your weapon first. Okay. I'm placing the magazine back on the rack. Come out where I can see you. Not on your life, old-timer. I see you holding it behind your back. Why lie to me? You're lower than a snake's ball sack in a wagon track. And I don't trust you. Fine. There. Thank you kindly. You can call me Blompy. The infamous Blompy? I still can't see you, but it appears now there's an albino bat in here. That's me. I live in the Heliconia plant, and if you thwack it, or me, you will be swiftly penalized. Understand? What? Am I losing my mind? It could be. 
It's a common response to seeing me speak. Partly why I've avoided you. So you're a bat? Yes, a Honduran white bat. A teeny, tiny, talking bat. <sighs> you sound disappointed. I'm quite large for my species, but hey, sapiens tend to be superficial. You're the one who's been on lunch break for three weeks. Oh, I quit. I'm also nocturnal, so we've probably passed like ships in the night. Now you're looking all down in the doldrums. Oh, it's nothing. It's just the theme of the week is B, and, well, you're uh, a bat. At least my name starts with a B, and we're both pollinators. You mean pollinators. I mean mad baller, but yeah, that too. And we're both nearly extinct, thanks to y'all gassing up the climate and obliterating our habitat. Come to think of it, that bee and I are about as close to each other as two roaches on a bacon bit. Well, let's liberate the poor fella. Do you know where to take it? Does a one-legged duck swim in circles? Splendid. It must be homesick for its hive. Not to burst your bubble, but there used to be over 20,000 species of bees on our planet. Some don't live in hives like honeybees, and they visit flowers that only they pollinate. And when the bee species dies... So dies that species of flower. It's tragic. I'm a bit of a unique flower myself, a shrinking violet. I've barely poked my head out of this room. I fear there's something out there waiting for me, and I'm quite tired. If you're so tired, how are you fixing to help the bee? In a dream, I saw there was an entryway to this building, so my plan was to bring the bee very gently to the front door. I figured maybe there was a way out, a crack or a seam just big enough to set it free. Also, I was going to sing a children's song about bringing home a baby bumblebee to comfort it. Me. Us. Don't sing that tune. It's actually a gruesome bee murder ballad written to some kid's poor mama. Your dream, on the other hand, is quite accurate. I'll ferry the bee to safety. You gotta do me a solid, though. Water the heliconia. And make sure that sash in the transom window above the door stays open. Okay, thanks. That'd be just ducky. You're welcome, primate. But don't say stuff like, just ducky. That's my thing. And then he was off. I had many more questions, but I've stayed up past my usual nap time. Best if I explore the latest happenings in the downside up. It'll keep me awake till Blompy returns with news. We return to Zandra, who, like a lost honeybee, flew away from her colony of nudists, and in her vulnerable state, dazzled by flowers, she buzzed up against a new threat. Also, she got tased. The bees droned around Zandra in crisscross patterns as if trying to protect her. They formed a scrim of buzzing. Officer Mark Markson peered around the scene of the salt marsh. His gaze landed upon Zandra, the naked woman lying in the mud. He called out to her. Yo, miss, you hear me? No response. No sign of the sheriff who had radioed this incident in, and no witnesses. So he followed his instinct, which was to see if he could help. Mark had never waded out into the silt, and it felt a bit naughty, jumping the fence and entering the salt marsh. He was having a weird day at a new job. 
He had responded to a call for backup and parroted it out to his district. He hoped more backup would arrive shortly. He did not know who this woman was or why she had ended up here, unclothed. But the bees excited him for a number of reasons. As he drew closer to them, he feared the chance of being stung, obviously. But these bees seemed different. Fairy-like in their lightness and pale white and tan appearance. One strayed directly toward him, and he instinctively raised a hand to it to bat it away. It slowed and landed on his palm. Then it curled up, tucking in its wings as if taking a nap. That's when he heard it, ever so faintly. The bee began to snore, like a baby, snoring and cooing almost. Mark tried to shake the hallucination from his mind. <sighs> he refocused on the crime scene. An object poked out of the murkier silt several feet ahead, startling him into a heightened awareness of the danger of the situation. On second glance, it was the sole of a blackguard sheriff's standard-issue boot. Upside down, he gripped the boot and it came up empty. He tossed it back on the walkway. The woman, wearing a dark gray mask and visor that wrapped protectively around the contours of her face, was slowly sinking into the silt almost as if it sought to cover up her nakedness out of chivalry. Then she lurched upward. She arched her back, thrusting her ribcage forth, and began to levitate. The bees frantically sped up. His pet bee was gone when he glanced at his hand. His heart fell, since, surreal as it was, the sleeping bee had comforted him. He drew his tactical laser pistol, and as he did, he noticed his baby bee crawling up his bicep. It waved its fairy wings at him standoffishly and spoke in a high-pitched tone. Mark! Mark! No! You've got this whole thing wrong as a crawdad in a massage chair! The flark is that, thought Mark. He closed his eyes. When they opened, it was still there. I'm in no mood, baby bee. You know what's going to happen if my commanding officer sees me conversing with a bee? On my first backup call? You got that right, partner. Back up. Make way. Easy as rhubarb pie. Look. The naked prone woman on second take was not magically levitating. She was being pushed up and held in the air by the center stalk of a giant transparent hydra rising out of the muck. Its eyeless jellyfish head ended in a circular mouth the size of a manhole. Tentacles branched out from it radiating like the spokes of a wagon wheel. Each sprung alive, searching with its own mini set of tentacles wriggling out from its mouth, spoke-like, too, and explorative. A quick buzzing in nearly the same frequency as the bees emanated from the tips of the venomous tentacles. The bees had now swarmed up confusedly as if to rethink their whole strategy, considering the new info presented. This was no hive. Then again, it was all they had. Ah, bee? What now? asked Mark. Why, you're sharp as a marble. I told you to make like a baby and head out. But y'all ain't done nothing, so there ain't no now left. The great hydroid bore down on him. He stepped back. That's when the sheriff appeared. What was left of him, anyway, could be seen through the predator's clear flesh. Mud streamed off its cylindrical gullet. Its transparent body revealed the sheriff's hat, pinched between his bare feet. 
The rest of him pitched headlong into its belly like a man who dove into a test tube. The monster digested him slowly from head to toe. Incredulously, the woman remained fifteen feet in the air, suspended now by three tentacles. One held her head, one latched between her shoulder blades, and one suctioned to the base of her spine. Mark, agape, froze at the prospect of how to free her without killing her, and himself in the process. The bee huffed. I may be knee-high to a grasshopper, but that thing looks longer than a wet Sunday. What's wrong? Cat got your taste buds, bud? Help me, you damn imp! Wine, wine, wine. What you need is to follow your heart, rookie. Uh, the remaining six tentacles stretched out like the arms of a man greeting the sun. Sirens whizzed in from the edge of the park. The flark's going on here, Officer Markson, boomed Evelyn Dross, lead detective and partner to her husband, Ludlow Lowy Dross, who flanked her. Lowy was the most androgynously attractive gentleman blaggard in the city. Suffice it to say, Mark had a hard crush on Lowy. Fantasies of walking by Lowy's side, holding his hand, and growing a manly, deep friendship bond that went beyond mere camaraderie, had entered his mind against his will, as had the prospect of a kiss from Lowy's lips. It would be a sign of strength and vulnerability, but he felt a mix of shame and longing, daydreaming of it from time to time. He had tried to stop the gravitational pull of obsession by reminding himself this was absurd since Lowy was married to Evelyn, Mark's longtime friend. And yet, it seemed possible in a parallel reality. Probable, even. A slight shift in events could have tossed their fates together and made such intimacy a matter of survival, of necessity. Of course, the Drosses were the first to respond to his backup request, since they were stationed out of neighboring Rivendale. And for all her gruff demeanor, Evelyn had been a dear friend since their junior year at Rivendale High. She may have leaped on the opportunity to protect an old chum. As lead detective, she could make such a call. For his part, Mark was intent on proving he could hold his own in her presence. However, Lowy's velvety tenor shook him. Lower your weapon, Mark, said Lowy. Don't listen to him, buddy. He ain't seen what we've seen. Mark's stomach plopped when B spoke. He froze in a kind of mental, emotional, and physical paralysis. He wondered, Should I flick the baby bee off my arm? No, that would be inhumane. But if they catch me bickering with it, that'd be worse. I must ignore it. Dear God, if you've ever heard a single word I've said, please just know that you'll never need to heed any of my requests ever again if you grant me this one. Please, 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 just make sure they don't notice the talking bee. Lowy intensified his command. Officer Markson, your drawn weapon threatens responding force members. We will take active measures to disarm you if you don't comply in three... Two. Wondrous dream hackers, look at the time. Let's put a cyber pin in this one and resume it next time. I'm not seeing Blompy and I won't be able to keep my lids open much longer. May my next trip to the downside up tell us what became of Mark 
Loey, Evelyn, and Zandra. And B, of course. Can't forget the bees. The alternative is pretty doomy. They say honeybees are one of the few creatures capable of understanding nothing. That is the concept of zero. Sure, a handful of others get nothingness. Dolphins, African gray parrots, human toddlers, and other primates can tell that zero is less than one. But a bee does it with a brain the size of a sesame seed. And to that, I say, well played, bee. Some days I feel like a total zero. You'd think having 86,000 times more neurons than a bee would help. But I've made mistakes, as any man has. Actually, very many foul-ups and flubs. Enough that dwelling on them could become my whole personality. So I appreciate any worker listening to my story with empathy. For all the ones stuck here like me, I fight on. How noble it would be to go out like a drone bee with one well-placed sting. It'll likely tear my guts out like a bee's stinger does when deployed once and for all. An honorable way to go. However, all I have is this call. Not the act of bravery one imagines. But this is my sting, slow as its burn may be. Screaming Panda presents B. Episode 14 of Hellgate City and the fourth in Season 2, Companion. B was written, performed, produced, and scored by Kevin Barry in an apiary. The glitch in the Matrix bonus story for this chapter is Guardian. You may listen to it on the show's Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Hellgate City. It revisits Alfreda and the gargoyle from our first episode. Because we publish without ads or sponsors, our supporters keep this show going. In return, patrons get weekly bonus episodes, the glitches, behind-the-scenes content, music, and, eventually, exclusive merchandise. For free transcripts, visit hellgatecity.com. Follow us on social media at Hellgate City, and rate us on Spotify to combat the haters. Till next time, may you get that honey, and... Be your best self.